There was a recent article that came out actually on Buzzfeed and this particular article, it was talking about how black people are sharing the rules. They follow the most It said that white people don't even you know, know about, and they say this is important. Um, so this was produced actually on April the 27th, uh, by a Morgan Sloss. Um, she is, uh, just kind of glancing, you know, at, at her, um, Twitter, she is a Samoan, uh, lady say so she's a dog mom and she's a Libra. Um, that that's, you know, who she is, uh, out of orange County, California. Now this article here that she had put up here, um, black people had sense of submissions and I kind of want to go through it and just ask you some questions, just as you know, a black person. Uh, so let's get through it. It say the first one says, no matter how angry you get, you try and remain calm. If you raise your voice even a little and say, regardless of what you say or how you say it, you are instantly labeled an angry black woman and judged wrongly, even when you're right. That is a real life experience, you know, for, uh, definitely black women for sure. Um, and it's, you know, uh, Karen and anybody else, Becky can raise their voice and, and, and have a temper tantrum and nobody labels them as angry, even though when they are angry. So that is a real life experience of black people in America. Uh, the second one here uh, says my mother taught me to always ask for a bag and a receipt, no matter how small a purchase, or you can be accused of stealing. Um, I actually definitely practice that myself, at least here in the U S um, no matter if it's a, uh, something small. I say, I, I, I need my receipt and I need my bag. I taught my son the same thing. Um, that what they mama taught because we always being accused of stealing as black people. Now we have never stole as much as the white supremacists have stole, but you know, they always like to project who they are on us. Um, so that is another, another real life experience of black people. Say the third one, it said as a black man, my father taught me when you pulled over by the police to pull your insurance and registration out of the glove box, keep it ready on your seat. That way you don't have to reach into the glove box and the police are at your window. Yes. Uh, we got to have the talk here in America because that can be life or death. Uh, four, so as a black woman in predominantly white area, I make a point of approaching staff first in stores. When I walk in, I ask a innocuous question in a friendly high pitched voice. Even if I don't need anything, they seem to feel safe around me and do not follow me when I do that first. What kind of life are we living here in America folks? Let's just really ask this question. What kind of life are we living here in America? In a country that we built, but look how we being treated. This is what goes back to what I tell you. Yes, we built the country, but we don't control it. Look at the way we being treated. We, this is not how American citizens are supposed to be treated that you got to make sure to go speak to a staff first because they, they feel safer around you. Number five, just say as a black woman, I usually keep my college jacket in the car. If I have to go to the emergency room, I receive better treatment. If doctors see that I have a higher education. Now, why, why is that important? So if a, a black person's poor, they're going to, they're going to receive bad treatment. Do, do you see that? Now, white folks not saying they got to do all that. Number six, they say, I'm from Louisiana. They say, well, they still have sundown times. Avoid them at all costs. They say, but if you have to pass through at night, 
make sure you have a full tank of gas so you don't have to stop. See, I'm, you know, nobody really wants to talk about the reality of, of our life here in America. Some things sound good that we say online, but the reality is, and when it goes back to, I'll tell you the constant stress, this is stress is being put on black people. What does stress create? Stress creates, you know, other mental health issues. Stress creates addictions, whether that addiction could be to alcohol, some sort of drug, um, you know, food addiction, you know, people, food addiction is real. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying due to this stress, you shouldn't be having to drive through a country, drive, make sure that you have a full tank of gas in a so-called sundown town, in the country that you built, right? Number seven, they say, I'm a black woman, relatively new to my mostly white neighborhood. When I take a walk for exercise, I always walk in the middle of the street, not too close to houses on the other side, either side. I wear reflective gear and avoid staring too closely at any of the houses. I often think of Ahmaud Arbery while I'm walking. That's not, that's not the life of a free person. You're still living underneath a black code. Let's call that what it is. We are still living underneath a black code for black people with the illusion of freedom. You don't see white folks having to do that. Now do you? This is a side note. They say I'm a 50 year old black man who lives in a 98% white neighborhood. I do not go for walks alone ever. Is that I do not trust the level of suspicion that white residents would have regarding my presence. For example, when kids of color visit our neighborhood to do door to door sales, someone usually posts their presence in our neighborhood association, Facebook page. So at least I make sure I'm walking my dog or better yet walking with my spouse. Now this is number eight. You see, I was taught to be an overachiever because no one expects a black woman to be smart and well-spoken. You see, I'm not expected to have a voice in anything, and many are shocked when I do. And so they are astounded when I can verbalize my thoughts and opinions in multisyllable words. Melanin and ovaries do not cancel out intelligence and reason. That's the same old white supremacist, black people are dumb thing, right? So she says that she had to, she have to be she has to be an overachiever. So 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 because no one expects in 2022. These people don't expect you to be smart and well-spoken. Okay. And, how, and you know how that's to be true when they say, wow, you're so well-spoken. You know, and I always tell y'all to, to fire that same conversation back at them. If you ever hear them explain something to you, you say, wow, you're well-spoken, man. That's oh, I'm surprised. And, and I'm uh, uh, shocked at that. Number nine, never ever put your hands in your pockets while walking around the store. It say, if you don't want to give them the reason to follow you around or call the police, your hands need to be visible at all times. Y'all, we know this is to be true. What if your hands are cold and you, and you want to put your hands in your own, your own freaking pockets. You can't do that because you worry about these people calling the police on you. What kind of freedom is that? What kind of freedom is that? That's not freedom. See, we accept this crap. In America. And other people can come to this country. Don't even have to deal with that mess. They got people coming across that border all the time uh, to this country and don't experience none of this. So when they say they come here for a better life, they do have a better life than what we have. That's true. The police not gunning them down. They're not found them in the store like they, like they do us. Number 10, they say as a black man, 
It said never get into an elevator alone with, with a, uh, is it never get into an elevator with a woman alone? Always wait for the next one. Now, so to have to wait for it, let's say you're going to the doctor, the elevator is available and you, you afraid to go in there because you don't want to be accused of, of touching this woman nine times out of 10, a white woman, because if it was a black woman, you wouldn't have that kind of response. Number 11, it says something I know I have to be careful of in public is as a mixed person with white and black is remembering which parent I'm with and how to act is that this is called code switching and say, I have to make sure I act okay. So I'm not labeled as ghetto with my mom or whitewashed with my dad. Mm, mm, mm. Number 12 is that no matter how cold or windy it is, my hood stays off and my earbuds slash headphones stay off my ears. Now that one is, is, is definitely uh, important for young black men. Cause I remember one time my son was walking into a Walmart one time with a hood on. I said, Hey man, you get to that door, take that hood off your head and you get to that door. Um, because you know, how these folks are, why should I have to talk to my son and tell him that? Now I know you say, well, you're just trying to keep him alive. You're trying to do what's right. But what kind of life is that for black people where we, our children can't walk in the store with a hood on, but we, we looking at white people and they could, they doing it all day long, but we're we making sure we don't do it because the police going to go dog pile on us. Number 13 says a black man who loves hip hop, I often have to censor the music that I listen to. So I won't be judged as a thug. There's more white people to listen to hip hop than black people do. They actually go to the concerts and buy the music way more than we do. But yet when black people listen to it, he he's afraid that he'll be judged and called a thug. 14 it says a black man, if there's a white woman and say in line, you stand far uh, enough and say, so you cannot touch her by mistake or be accused of touching her. This is, this is something like I say, what kind of life are we leading folks in America? When y'all want to argue with me, at least on my news channel about what you going to fight. What, what about fighting this here? This is straight up black codes. If we think about it, we, we say, well, we have a certain way we have to live in this country. Why? Why do we have to live that way? And other people don't. And I understand why, you know, the, the, the number 14 says that because black men have been accused of violating these, these females and it's been lies for, for hundreds of years. So I know why he's saying that. It's a number 15 say knowing that I'll be followed and say when shopping in high end stores, I have product related questions prepared for when they very invariably ask me if I need assistance replying with no, thank you. I'm just browsing makes their suspicion jump. And suddenly I have an unofficial entourage is I'm a college educated black man about to turn 40, but I still have to play these sort of silly games. It could be very exhausting. Once again, not only exhausting stress, and create PTSD and create, um, feelings of, um, you know, Hey, well, I, why am I being treated different? It can make you resentful. 
It really can because it's like, wait a minute, I'm a college educated person. I got money to be in here and yet I'm being followed like a common criminal, but yet them same, uh, 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 white folks over here, they can walk in this store and nothing being said to them. It's a lot of them be going there stealing and they don't follow them, but they'll follow the black person. I remember seeing on ABC, they had did that. They have a black person going to the store with a hoodie on and a white person. And they would just found the black person in the store and they made the white person like to go steal something. And they didn't even catch them. They didn't catch them at all stealing anything, but they were found the black person who didn't steal, you know, so I'm like, man, look at them. Let's say number 16 says the black woman who works a swing shift is saying gets off at 11 PM. They say, I, I now do not take off my badge until I get inside my garage. I need to have a layer of protection to prove I'm not up to no good in case I get pulled over. Once again, that's a black code. 17. When meeting with executives or high ranking officials with appropriate attire would be business casual for others. I wear a full business attire. I found that when I dress more formally, I receive more eye contact, head nodding and enthusiasm during conversations. This happens consistently. So you can't dress like everybody else. You got to dress overdress just to be respected. Number 18, they say I work in a hospital and anytime I get a patient out of bed and they ask me to move their purse is that I make sure it remains in their sight as I move it. I also hope that it's a room with a camera just in case any discrepancy comes up. And, and we know everything I'm reading is a true life for black Americans in this country. Number 19. Don't wear any jewelry slash sunglasses of the brand. When you are shopping in the store as a black woman, I've had a employee rip Gucci shades off my head. Say they were mine and tell me not to stretch the merchandise. (laughs) Y'all what kind of life is that we're leading? What kind of life is this? This stuff is so embedded and ingrained into the foundation of the United States of America, that this is how black people got to move. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's a, it's a black code y'all. This is black codes. Number 20, never let your kids play with toy guns. Well, yeah, we know what will happen with that. Tamir rice 21 It's saying, finally, as I find myself begging to get adequate medical care for the autoimmune disease and pain I deal with say pain in black folks is viewed much differently than in white people. It say it blows my mind how much it's a, a lot of the people uh, don't realize that black people get the short end of the stick in health care. Once again, folks, these are 21 black codes that black Americans must live by to survive in America in a country that our ancestors built. Now, shout out to sister Ashley uh, from Ashley in Africa channel. She says something during the interview that I didn't think about. She says that when we have these conversations, sometimes people may feel resentful in our own community by these conversations that, that we're having sometime about the African continent. I'm going to tell you what made me like the African continent so much better. I'm going to tell you why I became the biggest proponent of Africa. I'm going to tell you why, how, how that happened. When I went to the stores in these countries and I wasn't followed when I saw the police and they just wanted to talk to me and, and find out about how other brothers and sisters are here in America. 
You know what I'm saying? I didn't feel no, no, not threatened by nobody. Didn't see no Karens all over the place. No Brad's all over the place. When I'm in the car, we wasn't worried about the police pulling us over whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying you are a black person. You know, you're not, you're not underneath a freaking war zone all the time. You're not worried about standing too close to a white woman or you go into an elevator, you will go into an elevator and just do whatever you got to do. You can listen to whatever music you want to listen to. And for me, you know, listen to what our brothers and sisters say. You can't even go jog or walk. You worrying about looking at somebody's house. Oh, you got to do all this extra stuff just, just, just to be, you know, safe in America. You understand or having to carry your college jacket in the car so you can get better treatment when they should just treat you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a human being for me, I'm saying for me, this stuff is so ingrained into America because they run it that black people have to follow these black codes literally for, for life in America. They have to. And it's more, it's more to it than this, but this is probably a, a, they're definitely the most common ones that we have to live. And, and when y'all hear me just so excited about Africa, it's like, I feel like I'm freaking free. I feel like I'm not dealing with those issues and problems. I'm not saying that the places are better, but a lot of y'all don't know how it feels to not experience this stuff and experience things with these people. You don't know. And, and when you get a taste of it, like I've gotten a taste of it, you want to, you want to live like that. But like, I remember saying to myself, this is how white people feel in America, how I'm feeling right here. I'm not worried about being followed. I'm, I'm not worried about anything. I'm good. Nothing, no issues, no problems. At least in these areas, this is like everyday living. We're talking about here, folks. And there's no laws to stop them from following you in the store. Because remember, that's a private business. They could do what they want, right? They got, they got, they, they you can have all the civil rights laws you want, but when they, they had that private business crap, when they say that they can follow you in the store because it's a private business. Well, if you don't like being followed, you know, you can leave that sort of thing. The police situation, they have a green light to do what they do to black people. No, they don't do that to other groups of people. Like they do that to us. Having to be overeducated. You, you have a, 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 a silly European American don't know crap. You got to have a freaking master's degree to get the same job that a, that a high school educated European American would get. What kind of life is that for black people? And, and like, listen, for me, I, I just, like I said, for, I don't want my child having to look at her life like that. This is why I don't have her in public school for that main reason. I don't want her indoctrinated into that system. And, and, and I'm working, you know, hard to make sure that I could put her in another place where she can just be herself. She don't have to worry about, well, I got to watch what I say. I got to watch where I walk. Oh man. It'd be, you know, teaching, basically teaching black people be scared of white people. That's kind of what it is, man. This system, this system, I ain't scared of them. Well, if you are changing your life because of them, it's teaching you to, to, to be in fear of them to a point. It really is. You moving different. You can't walk because, well, I'm afraid if I walk over here, they, they going to call the police on me. That's, that's teaching you fear. But at the same time, I get it. 
I get it. I'm not, I get it because I know exactly where it's coming from. I know what it's about. I trust me. I get it. Well, what I'm saying is, and everybody can make their own personal decision. I said, I've made my personal decision. I'm not going to, I'm not going to live here being an old man dealing with this mess. No, 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 no. It, 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 it saddens me after all the stuff we fought for as black people, you know what I'm saying? And we still dealing with this mess, still dealing with it. But as long as they, these people run this country, we're going to continue to deal with this mess. So like I say, everybody got to make their own decision what they want to do, you know? And when they do, when you come up to me and say, hey, well, I'm doing, we go, I'm a fight. I'm a fight. Okay. Well, you're going to fight to the day you die and your kids are going to be still in the same situation. As long as these people run it. It's kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah. When God wanted to save his people, he told them to get a, get away from Sodom and Gomorrah, get away. He said, because I'm going to destroy it. He didn't say I'm going to reform Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I'm going to destroy it. And then what he ended up doing later is giving his people their own land. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying some, some of y'all in my opinion is thinking you're going to reform Sodom and Gomorrah. It's not going to happen. You can't reform this because I don't think, well, I don't think I know God don't want it reformed. Because no, they have done too much evil to us in this land that it has to be judged. It has to be. You know, I believe our our, our uh, future is great, but this land here, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. That's why I tell you, I need to stop being so attached to something. Because even you know, uh, uh, there's been many people had to leave certain lands to go to a better place. Many, and we wouldn't be the first, and definitely won't be the last. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for you know joining us today on the podcast. We we greatly appreciate it. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, that way, you know exactly post another podcast. <laughs> Lord, I'm saying the wrong word today. What is wrong with me today, y'all? Yo, Lord, make sure you click that like button. Um, we greatly appreciate you clicking the like button. I help us spread the video in the algorithm. If you enjoy the show, uh, consider donating a love offering. It'd be greatly appreciated. And I know you got many choices where you can go to listen to your podcast content and you chose us. So we greatly appreciate you for doing so. And, you know, once again, they like said for us, it, it's a joy uh, to produce content and to quicken your mind and see you next time.